Amen. Come on, give it up for your bishop, Bishop Watts. We thank you so much for him allowing me this opportunity. Listen, we don't want to be before you long. Amen. Amen. Um, hmm, amen. He has me confused with my sister. Uh, Y'all have to forgive me, I'm a little old school, amen? We can do this one. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Y'all know that? Uh, can y'all help me out? Just find mountain oh, free to all From Calvary's mountain. Can you help me call him? your Bibles, Acts, the 16th chapter. chapter, look at it, verse 16. You have it, say amen. amen. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. 
The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God. Will show unto us the way of salvation. This she did many days. But Paul, being grieved and turned, and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains were gone, they caught Paul and Silas and threw them in the marketplace and to the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. When they laid the many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them in the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands we're loose. Amen. Father God, it's in the name of Jesus, God, that we come. God, we ask right now that you would consecrate me now to thy service. By the power of grace divine, God, it is my soul that looks up with a steadfast hope, and my will, God, is lost in dying. Have your way, God, in this place. God, we ask right now that the angels who have been assigned to this place will release the anointing, God, that makes preaching easy. Release the anointing, God, that makes teaching easy. But more importantly, God, they will release the anointing that makes receiving easy. In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. And the saints of God say amen. 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 I want to talk to you for just a moment on preparing for the storm. Preparing for the storm. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm a category five. Category five. Amen. The, the official hurricane season starts in less than two months. And emergency management agencies are gathering right now in conferences now to prepare and to talk about lessons learned from previous hurricanes. And from these conferences, they will determine what you can expect and how many hurricanes you can expect during the course of what is considered to be the hurricane season. And the reason why they do that is because they find that they can greatly reduce damages and fatalities if people are, one, aware of hurricanes, and two, if people are properly prepared for the storm season. So that's why you have services like the National Weather Service who issue what they call storm watches and storm warnings. See, there's a difference between a watch and a warning. See, a storm watch lets us know that an impending storm is about 36 hours away. And if the storm moves closer to your area, then they issue what's called a storm warning. And a storm warning means that the impending storm it's less than 24 hours away. 
Then what they do is they classify the storms based upon its characteristics. And by a storm, it, its characteristics includes the storm surge or the water surge or the wind speed and, and, and the damage potential. And they categorize these ranging from one to five, one being the weakest and five being the strongest. Now anybody ought to be able to handle a category one. Category one storm is the storm surges about four to five feet and the wind speeds can be up with the 95 miles per hour and there's no real potentiality for damages. You may have some things that get blown away in the yard but that's about it. But when you get to say a category four, category four, the storm surge is upward to 18 feet and the wind speed can be as much as 155 miles per hour and the potential for damages can be 100 times greater than a category one storm. In fact, category three or better is considered to be a major storm. And the reason why they issue these categories is because based on, on the categories, you should know how to prepare yourself for a storm. The potentiality for, for, for fatalities and damages is greatly reduced if people are first aware of the storm and secondly, properly prepared for the storm. The key is to always be prepared for the storm. Now, y'all have to forgive me, I, I begin to wonder what life would be like if we were prepared for a storm? What if there was a way that when we were getting ready to go through the storms of life in our personal lives, that somehow we got a warning? Wouldn't that give us a chance to prepare? Wouldn't you prepare yourself today if you knew that a storm was on its way? What if, say, a Category 3 was, was issued by Friday? Wouldn't you go to Walmart and buy up all the bread and stock up on the water just in case? Wouldn't you not prepare yourself? Better yet, if I knew that a storm was coming in my life, I, I would get myself prepared. I would get myself prayed up, I, I would begin to fast, and, and, and I would begin to prepare myself. And, and, and honey, y'all wouldn't have to worry because I would come up in here and y'all would be looking at me like something is wrong with her. And I'd be like, no, don't be paying no attention to me because I got to get ready, I got to get ready because I got a category three coming to my house by the end of the week and I got to get ready. Wouldn't you prepare yourself for a storm? Oh, I wish I had somebody here who would be with me on this one, honey. I wish I had about 10 people who would just jump on your feet and just give God a praise right there real quick, just in case the storm came by your house. Just in case God said that you better get ready for category three. You got to prepare yourself for the storm. Here, here in our text, Paul and Silas find themselves on a mission trip. And on their way to the mission, Paul Paul has this vision. And in the vision, a man urges Paul to come to Macedonia and help proclaim the good news. And according to the text, we have to assume they are not sure, as it says, that they conclude that the vision was from God. And that word that they used there in the original Greek, conclude, is a word that means unite or come together. And the reason why they come together is because of this vision. 
Now, if y'all don't mind for just a moment, can I be honest with you? Huh? There's some times in my life huh, when I thought God was speaking to me only to find out that it really wasn't God at all. I have found myself in some places and in some situations that I God, thought God had led me to only to find out that it really wasn't God. I know y'all don't understand that because y'all super saved and super deep. I, I, I've done some things, brothers and sisters, that I thought God had told me to do to find out that it really wasn't God at all. I ain't talking about Paul and Silas right about now. I'm talking about me. Have you ever gotten into some stuff that you thought was from God only to find out that it really wasn't God? Usually this happens when you decide to walk a little closer with God. Huh? I know it's Lent season and y'all been sanctifying yourself. You've been fasting and praying and denying yourself. But usually this happens when you decide, I'm going to Bible study. I'm going to prayer meeting. I'm going to work on this ministry that God has given me. And then all of a sudden, what you think was a sign from God was only to find out later that it wasn't. Oh, you find out later it wasn't from God. Y'all ain't got to say amen because some of y'all are in some relationships now that you thought was from God, but it really wasn't from God. Because God says before you were born, I knew you. I have plans for you. I have plans for you to prosper. And many of us are not walking in the path God has formed for us. Amen? And many of us are on what we call a detour. You know what a detour is, don't you? A detour is a deviation from a direct path. And just you, many of us are not walking on the path that God has ordained for us, huh? Because we thought we heard God's voice, and it really wasn't God's voice. But I got news for you today. Just because you're on a detour doesn't mean that you're not going to get to where God called you. You're still going to get there, but it might take you a little bit of time. You might have to change your path. You might have to adjust some stuff. Just because you're on a detour doesn't mean you're not going to get what God has for you. Can I get an amen? Y'all ain't got to say amen because many of y'all on a detour and you don't even know it. Many of you work in jobs. You know you should have stayed in school. That's a detour. Your relationships. You know it ain't the relationship God has for you. That's a detour. And if you find yourself lost on a detour, be prepared for a storm. Be prepared because in order to get off the detour, you're going to have to deal with the storm. Get back on the right road, you're always going to have to always deal with the storms of life. So here, here they were. They were on their way, and they found themselves in Philippi, which was on the right side of Macedonia. And the Bible records that they were on their way to prayer, and that they came across a girl who had a spirit of divination, soothsayer. Apparently, they ran into this young lady on several occasions, so much so that every time they would run into her, she would call them out. These men are servants of the Most High. Show us the way of salvation. 
This must have happened on several occasions because it says Paul finally gets tired. He gets tired, and the Bible says he was grieved and annoyed, and he finally turns one day and calls the Spirit out, and the Spirit comes out that very hour. So what happens is that her masters realizing that their income was gone, and they, they put up these trumped-up charges to the magistrates, and Paul and Silas are beaten and arrested and thrown in jail. Paul and Silas is troubled, my brothers and sisters, really doesn't start until Paul gets tired of the young girl and calls the spirit out of her. And I want you to understand, my brothers and sisters, there's going to be some stuff in your life that you're going to have to call out. You're going to have to deal with some stuff that you're going to have to call out even if it lands you in jail. Some of us are dealing with some things that if we deal with them, we really wouldn't have to deal with them, if you get what I mean. Huh? That if you deal with what you got to deal with, you wouldn't have to deal with it. And some of us need to call out some stuff in our lives that, that, that we're just sick and tired of doing, even if it lands us in jail. Oh, I can hear you in the spirit now saying, I ain't going to jail for nobody. <laughs> That's all right. Many of y'all in jail now. Just because you've never been in a physical jail doesn't mean you haven't been to jail. Whole lot of folk are in jail, just not confined to a cell. But jail can be any place that confines you, that restricts you, that limits you. And if your surroundings restrict you, guess what? You're in jail. You're in a place that limits your possibilities or limits your dreams, guess what? You're in jail. If you're in a place that you did not choose to be in, guess what? You're in jail. If you're on a job and does not allow you room for advancement, guess what? That's jail. If you're in a place where you can't use your talents and your gift to the utmost of your ability, guess what? That's jail. And anything or anyone that controls you that's jail. Lord have mercy. You can be in an abusive relationship. That's jail. You can have, you cannot have money to meet your bills. Guess what? You can have personal compulsions to do this and that. Guess what? And let me tell you something. You don't have to be wrong to go to jail. Paul and Silas ended up in jail not for doing something wrong, but for doing something right. They cast the spirit out of the girl, and you would think that that was the right thing to do. They, they ended up in jail not for doing something wrong, but for doing something right. And you need to understand that you could be right and still in jail. Here, while they were in prison, the text says that they threw them in prison, but not just prison. They threw them in an inner prison. There's a difference between being in jail and being in the inner jail. You can be in jail and still smile on Sunday morning. How you doing today? I'm blessed and highly favored. But when you are in the inner jail, you find yourself in a deep depression. Inner jail is when what is going on in your life, you can't tell nobody. 
it's just between you and God. Y'all don't know nothing about that. In a jail is when you cry yourself to sleep. And you look fine on the outside, but if folk really knew what was going on on the inside. In a jail is the stuff that's locked behind the walls of your heart. You know, you can only talk about with God and yourself. And on the surface, you may have a beautiful smile. But underneath that carefully controlled smile is a person that is about to lose their mind. On the other side is a person that is doing all they can to keep it together. On the other side of that beautiful smile I, is a person that's saying, I don't know how much more I can take. And many of us are like Paul and Silas. We're not in jail, but we're dealing with the inner prison. We're dealing with the inner prison that locks up our minds and tells us we can't not go forward in what God has called us to do. I want to let you to know you better prepare yourself for the storm because the storm is coming when you find yourself in the inner prison because in order to get out of the prison, you're going to have to deal with the storm. The Bible says that it was at midnight. Paul and Silas began to sing praises to God. Lord have mercy. It was at midnight that they had a mind to give God praise. I don't know who I'm talking to, but, but all you've been going through, you still got a mind to give God praise. I wish I had a witness up in here. When all you got to do you still got a mind to come out on Tuesday night to one in Garvin Street and give glory to God. Because through everything you've been through, you can still be like the old saints saying, God's been good to me. And though Paul and Silas found themselves in a prison, they thought God was still worthy to give God praise even in a prison. Lord, I wish I had somebody who knew what it was like to be able to praise God, even in the prison. You, your midnight, my brothers and sisters, should not find you unprepared for the storm. Because when the storms are life of raging, and the billows begin to roll, you got to be ready. You got to be prepared for the storm. And I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters, it's getting ready. You better get ready to prepare yourself because the storm is coming. It might not come today, but my old saints used to say, it's coming after a while. Lord have mercy. I'm so glad I've been girded up in what the Lord has done. And so I'm ready for whatever storm comes my way. I, I want to tell you about a category five storm. It says a category five storm. Say the wind gusts are 156 miles per hour and the water surge is greater than 18 feet. But listen to this, it says you have complete roof failure. Floods called major damages. Damages trees and water lines and utility lines. And sometimes the roof of the buildings are uprooted and blown away. And if you're not careful, a category five storm 
will destroy everything you got. A category five storm will take you out of here. And so I just begin to wonder with my sanctified mind, since the storm is coming anyway, and I can't stop the storm from coming, I might as well prepare myself for the storm. I might as well do like Paul and Silas did. I'm already in the storm, and I might as well praise my way out of the storm. What if, what if I gave God a praise that's equal to what I needed God to do in my life? There are some storms, my brothers and sisters, that are trying to take you out. There are some storms that are trying to get in your way. But I want you to be prepared for the storm. Because you don't know when the storm is going to hit. You better get you a category five praise to stop whatever the enemy is trying to do to you. I wonder, is there anybody here that has a category five storm? Because you can't have my family, devil. You can't have my future. I'm ready to knock you out because what they tell me is a category five storm. It will mess you up. It will take you out. And most importantly, they tell me that a category five storm will turn things around. I wonder, is there anybody in here that needs God to turn some stuff around? I wonder, is there anybody in here that say I can praise God? Because God, I need you to turn this around. Turn it 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 around.